This is Incomplete Design History, a podcast that explores overlooked and ignored topics in graphic design history. It is our goal to deepen and expand the knowledge, understanding, and interpretation of design history. Because history is messy. It's incomplete. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Mandy Horton. This season of Incomplete Design History will focus on the women of graphic design history. Today, we'll dive into the life and work of Russian constructivist and graphic designer Varvara Stepanova. But first, a little background. In 1905, the Russian working class rose up against the Tsarist government in hopes of overthrowing it. This revolution was only partially and temporarily successful, but it set the stage. Revolutionary leader Vladimir Lenin even called it a necessary dress rehearsal for the successful revolution of 1917. The Revolution of 1917 is sometimes referred to as the Bolshevik Revolution or the October Revolution. This revolution took place in November, which was October in the Julian calendar used by Russia at the time. We use the Gregorian calendar. Russia did not begin using the Gregorian calendar until 1918. This revolution replaced the Tsar-led government with a communist one, resulting later in the formation of the Soviet Union in 1923. As the Bolshevik party leader, Vladimir Lenin, would oversee the new communist government until his death in 1924. The October Revolution and newly formed government meant that the work of artists and designers was no longer limited to the wealthy, to be placed in inaccessible galleries and studios. Instead, they were to make art and design for the people. Many of the avant-garde artists and constructivists approved of this new approach because that meant artists, or constructors, were now employees of the state and served the people or the proletariat. It is important to realize that designers of the constructivist movement still produce paintings on canvas, but this was often viewed as part of the design process and not an end to itself. The practice of painting could be viewed as a way to inform designs, yet designers still struggled with art and its place in the new government. Varvara Stepanova was born in Kovno, which is now Kaunas, Lithuania, in 1894. She attended the Kazan School of Art from 1910 to 1911, and this is where she first met her future husband, Alexander Rodchenko. She also attended the Stroganova School from 1913 to 1914, where she studied with Konstantin Yuan and Ilya Mashkov. Varvara Stepanova completed her training at the Stroganov School and entered the workforce right around the time of the outbreak of World War I, which was then followed by the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917 and the dissolution of the Tsarist regime. Stepanova wasn't alone. There were many female designers working under the Soviet government. Lubov Popova, Alexandra Exeter, Alexander Vesnin, Natalia Lamanova, and of course, artists such as Natalia Goncharova, Olga Rosnova, and Nazadia Yudotsova. According to author Rebecca Cunningham, these women were in the ranks of the most advanced artists of their day, where many male artists accepted their contributions, shared their views, and freely exchanged aesthetic theories and experiments in both literature and the visual arts. An enviable position. This new precedent was set by the formation of the new government in Russia, which sought to remove distinctions of both class and gender, and include women as contributors to the new social order. 
In fact, the Constitution of the USSR guaranteed equality for women. Thanks to this very liberal stance, women in the Soviet Union were allowed many freedoms that were not available to women in other parts of the world. Women were able to hold jobs and were educated. They were allowed to vote. They had maternity leave and child care. Even abortion and divorce were protected choices for women. In other parts of the world, only men were able to initiate divorce. Women were not afforded the same freedom. Life for women in the Soviet Union was much more advanced than the rest of the world. At a time when women were largely still expected to be wives and mothers rather than contributors to business and industry, Varvara Stepanova was a woman who made many contributions to design. During the span of her career, Stepanova worked in textile design at the first textile printing factory alongside Lubov Popanova, where the two developed very striking geometric patterns that were very much in line with the avant-garde ideals of the constructivist movement. Varvara Stepanova and her husband, Alexander Rodchenko, were both leaders of the constructivist movement and were co-authors of the Constructivist Manifesto alongside Alexey Gann, which they published in 1922. Stepanova was very heavily influenced by futurist poets and wrote poetry of her own, which can be seen as early experiments on visual communication. The futurists were led by Filippo Marinetti in Italy, which was going through a similar revolution of ideas at the time. Like the futurists, the constructivists sought to disrupt the status quo, and Stepanova was at the heart of this movement. Even though her work is closely linked with her husband, Alexander Rodchenko, it's his name that gets mentioned in histories of graphic design, while hers is often omitted altogether. Stepanova and Rodchenko did independent work, but they also worked as sort of a collective and had many designs that should be attributed to both designers rather than one or the other. Her varied career included the practice of graphic design, which today can be viewed as excellent examples of constructivist principles applied to de the design of posters and books. But perhaps she is best known for her designs of costumes. She designed costumes for the theatrical production of The Death of Tarlkin, which were then featured in the Soviet Pavilion at the 1925 International Exhibition of Modern Industrial and Decorative Arts in Paris. But before her inclusion at the Paris exhibition, Stepanova was an instructor of textiles at the Futimus, where she and Rodchenko both taught from 1920 until the school closed in 1928. Futimus was a short-lived school of design that is sometimes compared to the Bauhaus. And in fact, there are many similarities between the two. Like the Bauhaus, Futimus is considered pivotal to the development of the modernist movement and has been regarded as a fulcrum for the most innovative art and design of the constructivist era. The studios were closely linked with industry and production, again similar to the goals of the Bauhaus. There were even some faculty who are associated with both schools, including Vasily Kandinsky and El Lazitsky. In 1923, Stepanova became professor of composition in the textile department of Fuktimus, teaching classes designated as higher artistic and technical workshops. Unfortunately, also like the Bauhaus, the success of the school was short-lived and it was dissolved in 1928. Varvara Stepanova participated in many exhibitions and received a lot of positive feedback, both on the quality and quantity of her work. In many exhibitions, she showed an impressive volume of work, often only exceeded by her husband, Alexander Rodchenko. In 1921, the 5 times 5 equals 25 exhibition was billed as the last constructivist painting show 
in response to many constructivist artists' anxiety about continuing to create individual and inaccessible fine art. Essentially, this show was an announcement of these artists' decision to move away from easel art to production art to better serve the people. This exhibition featured Varvara Stepanova's work alongside other constructivist artists such as Lubov Popova, Alexandra Exeter, Alexander Veshnin, and also featured the work of Stepanova's husband, Alexander Rodchenko. Stepanova's work was seen on an international stage when she exhibited at the 1925 International Exhibition of Modern Industrial and Decorative Arts in Paris. This exhibition was important to the Soviet government as it was their chance to show the successful results of the communist government to the world. So it was a big deal for Varvara to be involved and to have her costume designs for the death of Tarlkin included in the Soviet pavilion. Stepanova's inclusion in several national and international exhibitions, which are often seen in the field to lend credibility to the designer's work, is a testament to her importance in design history. With such a wide scope of experience and work, as well as having been a driving force behind the Russian constructivist movement, the question is, why don't we hear more about Stepanova? It has been noted by her grandson, who has written articles and books about her, that Rodchenko is perhaps the more famous of the two as a result of the greater number of publications and exhibitions devoted to him. Except this isn't the whole picture. In addition to being one of the authors of the Constructivist Manifesto, we know Stepanova also wrote several articles and published books, sometimes using the pseudonym Barst. Since women have written in the past and still write under ambiguous or male pseudonyms to be taken seriously as authors, Stepanova's use of a pseudonym points to some more persistent gender inequalities, even in the new communist government where men and women were supposedly viewed as equals. Though the Bolshevik Revolution made huge changes to the government very quickly and allowed women freedoms not seen in other parts of the world, the culture and societal norms did not keep pace. So like many things, the ideal and the reality were not the same. Women had the right to vote, but they were by and large unable to take active roles in the government, which meant they could not become political leaders. Many jobs were designated as men's jobs or women's jobs. And in industries where men and women worked together, whenever there were layoffs, and there were many in this difficult time, women were usually the ones to be let go, not the men. Women were also held to double standards. For example, it was acceptable behavior for men to drink and have extramarital affairs. Women were expected to do neither. And women, while able to work outside of the home, were still largely expected to maintain domestic duties within the home, like cooking, cleaning, and caring for children. They often worked harder for less pay, and this was considered fair because they were less skilled, though there were less opportunities for women to gain the skills they needed. Still, Stepanova's position in the textile industry and as an artist was a good one and allowed for much more advancement than other women's designated industries. The number of exhibitions to include Varvara Stepanova's work has certainly increased, especially in the 1980s. However, her inclusion in graphic design histories is still largely limited, despite her numerous contributions in multiple areas. The death of Lenin in 1924 is said to have been the beginning of the hard times for the constructivists. The government controlled by Joseph Stalin was not as sympathetic to the avant-garde artist movement, though in truth, this had already seen many limitations under Lenin. Stalin began pushing artists to work in the social realist style, 
banned independent artist groups in 1932, and even shipped several artists off to the gulags, which were described as political labor camps and were essentially prison camps. In the gulags, prisoners often worked as many as 14-hour days with little or no food. Diseases, starvation, and exhaustion led to the deaths of many being held there. Stalin also reversed many of the freedoms previously granted for women under the new Soviet government. Stepanova, like many other artists or designers, began to turn away from public or production work under the suppression of the new regime and and returned instead to painting. However, she was able to continue working in one field without too much difficulty, and that was book design. For over 30 years, Varvara Stepanova constantly worked as a book designer, a part of her career that ended only with her death in May of 1958. However, if it wasn't already obvious, Varvara Stepanova is difficult to cast as one specific kind of designer. Her experiments ranged from fabric and costume design, theatrical and stage design, to a wide variety of graphic design work on posters, books, and magazines. Stepanova has been described as a frenzied artist, never content with stasis. She constantly evolved her style and worked to develop new concepts and ideas well-deserving of a place in the history of graphic design she helped create. This episode was produced with the aid of a grant from the University of Central Oklahoma. Research and writing credits for this episode are for me, Mandy Horton, with research assistance provided by Kayla Sinclair and Shane Valencia. Story editing by Spencer Gee. Sound design and engineering by the University of Central Oklahoma Center for E-Learning and Connected Environments. Music by Christina Giacona and Patrick Conlon of Onyx Lang. Special thanks to UCO Design MFA candidate Valentine Grukin, who provided pronunciation assistance on the Russian names, though I'm sure, even with your help, I made mistakes. Valentine has now graduated from the program, and we wish him well. If you would like to contact me about this episode or about the podcast, please email me at hello at idh.fm. That is hello at idh.fm. Our website can be found at idh.fm. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Incomplete Design History. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Incomplete Design History.